Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Today we're up to part five of, I've called it the Revealing Christ series now, but or it was Who Are You Lord series, but I just changed the name through the series, keep people guessing. Um, it's really about the seven I am's out of John's gospel, and today we're up to part five, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, St. Augustine said, O oh God, you made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until we find our peace in you. And you know the things, you know, that the Holy Spirit works on and he'll be working on today in this service as I share. He'll be working on your love with him, your trust of him, your humility with him, your hope. Even um, uh, listen to my daughter preach the other day and she said an interesting thing and I related to our giving program. But she said uh, she was preaching at Hope You See and she said, people give according to what they believe about the character of God. Whoa. There's so much depth in that statement. So at any given moment, he's usually working in any of us on our love or our trust or our humility or our our hope. So let's let's read from Scripture um, and we'll let the light dispel some of the darkness in us because even though we're Christians and we're in faith, we still have bits of chunks of unbelief we need to deal with and our various trials and things will show us whether we need a bit of work or not. And, and today's really shows that um, this scripture comes mid the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And we'll watch Martha and Mary's struggles because the tables turn. And I love this in, in the kingdom. I, I just want to say this to you. I was sharing with Vince Harris yesterday. Um, he used to be a pastor in our church. He's a terrific guy. And, um, you know, lost his, his first wife and, and, you know, goes through his stuff. And he was telling me, he said, Zeri, I got this revelation about the tide. I was sitting on the beach asking God to help me. And there's the tidal range on the beach, you know, and, and where the zone is from where low tide is to high tide, he said to me, everybody's life's got that. So we all look good when the tide's in. There's no stinky stuff, you know what I mean? It's like... The tide's in, we're having a good season, we're looking good and then we can sometimes judge others who aren't looking good at that time but then guess what happens over years? The tide shifts and it might be your turn to go through a trial and the tide's out and the seaweed's exposed and, and the smelly stuff and we, we all go through that and that's why we need to give each other grace and tolerance because it <laughs> depends on where it's at and we've all got that tidal zone in our lives and, and it just spoke to me a lot about how we have faith, but sometimes we've got to kick out unbelief or process it and, and deal with it. So we'll see this happen today. John 11, 17 to 26, and I might read a couple of extra verses because we've got a little bit of extra time, thanks to the blessing of COVID. There you go. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Remember, Jesus delayed coming. It seems to me in order to offend them so we could get to the root of what unbelief was in their lives. Whoa, just interesting thought. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Whoa, whoa. Shouldn't that read, Mary ran out to meet him? Wasn't Mary the one who sat at his feet? Wasn't Mary the good responder and Martha was doing... So it's reversed, the tide's changed. Ah, Mary stayed at home. 
Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she's been authentic and upfront, like, I've got a bit of a problem going. I'm trying to, to be in the right zone, but here's the problem. Uh, but I know, so she expresses faith, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me. It's a bit like I am, you know, for this moment of death, but and the life. So it's like I am in the crisis, I've got authority, but in the other stuff, I'm there as well. Uh, the one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So this is his friend who's been walking with him in faith. Now he gets her across the line with salvation, fulfilling Romans 10.8. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. He brings it to the point because he knows it's her moment. It's the time. Do you believe this? She gives a good answer. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe, and I should have a pause there, that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. Anyway, it goes on. I was going to stop there, but a couple of verses. And she goes to Mary. It doesn't say that Jesus asked for her, but she goes to Mary and says, the Master is asking for you. So the master, like they had this amazing relationship with him, but she knows how to hit the soft spot in Mary. Mary was a feeler. Feelers have a soft heart to God, but what else do they have? They get hurt more easily. But she knows, it's a sister, so she knows it. She knows how to just trigger the heart. I remember um, when I was 10, I was 10 years older than my, than my brother was born, so there's this big gap, but I can remember the whole... Um, I wasn't super jealous, but, you know, the baby gets all the attention. And when he was four, I pretty much had a gut full of him getting all the attention. And every time he went, yeah, everyone would run to him. And if I went, yeah, <laughs> everyone would ignore me. Anyway, he broke my favourite toy and I was really ticked off. Um, I was a pretty soft kid, so I didn't hammer him or anything, but I went crying to my mum and said, now nah, it was like the culmination of four years going, he's broken my best toy. And she does this thing. She knew what nerve to hit in me because she knew I had a soft heart but got hurt easily. She said, oh, Mark, sorry, he does love you so much. And I can remember it took all the um, aggro out of me. It just did this calming thing and all of a sudden I knew everything would be okay. And that's what happens here. Martha knows what to say and Mary just needs that one little bit of softness and it draws her in and, and she runs out to meet Jesus. Um, it just goes on to say, because I want to make a point about this later, how, you know, Mary comes and talks to him and she was weeping and so the friends were weeping and it says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Um, he goes, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. And it says Jesus wept and I, I want to talk about that a little bit towards the end. Um, but here, here's just an interesting quip I just got onto sitting there when I was rereading it. Watch this. There's two responses from all the people around. So the world has two responses to this situation and it draws the wrong conclusion both times, I realised. Um, the first conclusion is, see how much he loved Lazarus. So they think he's weeping over the loss of Lazarus and he's not because he's just about to raise him from the dead and he knows they're rejoicing. He's definitely weeping over Something like, you know, the pain that people go through or seeing the grief of Mary, how it's separated from him and just 
you know, he's got this tremendous compassion for what it's like to be human and to carry humanity within you. So it's, it's the wrong conclusion that he's weeping over Lazarus. But then the others say, could not he, who he's full on judgment, the other was just a wrong conclusion, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Of course he could, unless there's a better way. And he raises it from the dead and it becomes a testimony. And during the course of the testimony, that two girls receive their salvation and get healed from their unbelief. Whoa. Now, that's the deep things in God that when we go through something, we don't understand. And why it's such a compliment to him when we don't understand and it hurts that we choose to still trust him and have hope in that somehow we can come into it with us and get us through it and, and put a, and put a you know, positive spin on it somehow. Just interesting, isn't it? I, I don't know why, but that, those conclusions that the world makes hit me with, you know, the, the troll thing. Um, Dylan Alcott, the tennis player in the wheelchair, said something about, oh, he's supporting New South Wales and he did a little payout on Queensland losing by 50 points. But anyway, people, the trolls were just ruthless. You're an abortion. You should, we wish all people in wheelchairs didn't live. They should put you all in. A, like, just, the world's conclusions are just so dumb. Even when they get it a bit more right than wrong, the right is sometimes still wrong. <laughs> so just, just don't, don't follow the crowd too much or always jump on the bandwagon. Sometimes observe and, and reser, reser, observe and reserve your, your judgment anyway. So just, I just thought that really got me going when I saw that. Okay, uh, do you believe this? Like the disciples, the two girls are his friends, companions, followers, but he will still, but he still has to get them across the line. Salvation, discipleship, yielded, surrendered. Okay, three points. Matthew, one's from Matthew Henry, one's from Frederick Brunner, one's from Charles Spurgeon, because they're just brilliant. Um, uh, listen to this quote uh, Beck gave me on. I was talking to her about this. She came up with a, with a. She said, "I got this quote from Matthew Henry, Dad. It's unbelievably deep." Here it is: Christ keeps no servants to be idle. His servants own nothing except their own sin. So I like being nice to people and encourage them. But every now and again, a man of God will just lay a truth on the line and you go, whoa. And I would tell you, there's so much freedom in that statement if you can grab it the right way without being condemned, more just going, God really loves me. He knows I'm a sinner. Here's my sin, God. I own it. So he loves that. Scrubs you clean. Gives you hope. Puts a new purpose in your life. Like there's so much positive comes out of that. Just put this, this photo, the photo up of the bear. I, I love this photo. <laughs> Let's just have a quick look. No one dies. So okay. <laughs> what about the guy with the camera? <laughs> He's thinking, I'm gone. I thought, I reckon pretty much there's life and why we need to repent. <laughs> I, you know, sin is chasing us like that bear and wants to take us out and we're all suckers for it sometimes, but... It's really good just to go, sorry, God, get the bear off my case. I want to just move on in peace. Anyway, just 
does things for me, that, that photo. Don't forget to repent. Um, the house of blessing is now a house of mourning. Jesus' absence teaches us how to value his presence. Mary's strength as a feeler has become her weakness as a griever. Uh, all right. Jesus, yeah, no, I've done that. Jesus was very tender to their feelings. That was why he wept. The highest, uh, this is what Matthew Henry says, the highest form of affection is to weep with someone in their loss. Wow. Wow. I remember when I was first a Christian, I you know, hadn't cried for three or four years and something happened and someone, I think I lost a job. One of the ladies had just come and prayed for me and wept. And I wasn't even weeping. I couldn't weep over myself. But she wept over me and it did something in my heart. First of all, it revealed that my heart was a lot harder than I thought it was. And, and I knew I needed work. So it started me on, on a little bit of a journey. Um, okay. Uh, I'll come back to that. Frederick Brunner, who's one of the most, he's still alive, one of the most wonderful Bible teachers, devoted his whole life to doing a commentary on the Gospel of uh, Matthew and the Gospel of John. Um, he has this for all the people who like competition. Uh, Mary beat Martha in Luke's Gospel, but Martha beats Mary in John's Gospel. <laughs> the Christian experience, we experience life in Christ before death and life with Christ after death. Death is just a line we cross. It's not a place we dwell in. Because the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. Um, and I, I like the people in the church over the years that I've been with when they died, nearly all of them had an experience of Jesus in the room before they breathed their last breath. So there was almost not even a line. He was almost with them, holding their hand, leading them home when they breathed their last. It was almost the start of the journey, not the end of the journey. Um, and he seemed to me to step across the line of death and, and meet them this side of it and take them through it. it it's always really, really encouraged me. Um, mm, um, Martha's right response. I just love, you know, because there's a few times in the Bible where Jesus goes, I am... And people fall down like they're dead. I think he did it. Didn't he do it when he was getting arrested in the, in the garden? <laughs> down they go. It's such a powerful thing. So a response is in order whenever you hear I am in the Bible. So even when I'm preparing for this and I read that Jesus goes, I am the resurrection of life. My response always now is you are. It, it kind of should have a response. So you are. What she says is a fantastic response. Note this. Jesus, this is Frederick Brunner, Jesus' invitation is in, to Mary is while she is in unbelief. Whoa. And she responds to his altar call. Wow. So sometimes when the Holy Spirit's doing a work on you, it's like an altar call in church. It's like he wants us to, to respond to that. Jesus doesn't always take the suffering away, but he is trying to get you into heaven and preparing you for it. He does reveal himself through your trials. Okay, let's go to Charles Spurgeon. Let me just press pause. I wanted to say this. I found this yesterday and I've tried to make it fit square peg in a round hole. It doesn't. So I'll just tell you. Exodus 35, 25. You know how we're so used to Old Testament and it's like um, the women cop a bad time. They just talk about the blokes. And, but anyway, every now and again I find a real gem in the Old Testament. Exodus 35, 25. They're building the temple and it says... Um, 
Moses called all the women who were gifted artisans, and it talks about how they used their skills to help beautify the temple. But just want you to hear it. All the women who were gifted artisans. And I, I thought, wow, all the women who were gifted artisans. So if you're a woman who's a gifted artisan, that's, that's often call, and God will have a way for you to use that in the kingdom as well as it being good for your, for your own soul. Um, okay, Charles Spurgeon, last point. This is the most touching two-word statement in the whole of Scripture, Jesus wept. It's very appropriate for a comforter to weep with those who weep, and that's what's happening. Until a man's whole soul is moved, he cannot move someone else's soul. Do you know what's interesting to me? I feel like my preaching took a step up after my mum died, which is weird because... It was my first big loss, had incredibly closeness to my mum, and it really broke me. And I can remember the morning after sitting up the back of Blacksmith's Beach, and I had this wooden cross I just stuck in the stand, and I just wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. And you know what? I didn't pray for a month, not out of rebellion, not praying. I would just sit there. I'd read my Bible, but I just had nothing to say. There was just so much grief. I, I couldn't speak, but I'd sit there and read and not feel anything and shut the Bible and go. But I, I kept the practice up just because I thought one day I'll feel like he showed up again. And he hadn't withdrawn. It's just re the grief had kind of, I don't know, overshadowed everything. But it was, it was interesting that in the coming out of that over time, um, something had been broken, something had been let go. I'd, I'd suffered with, with death, which is a pretty important thing to get your head around on the earth because we're all going to experience that. But it was just like coming out of that as he led me out of it. There was just a deeper thing on my preaching. And um, just, that was just an interesting fruit. Out of, the first thing that happened was couldn't pray. And the last thing that happened was my anointing got stronger. Whoa. So just be encouraged, please, with what you're going through. Please be in hope because God will always use it for good. But it, it, it does take time. Um, this act connects all of us to him in our humanity as in his humanity. That's why the Bible says he comforts the brokenhearted. So just, just pause on, the, on that. He weeps over you too, all you people at home. There are moments in life when you suffer and he weeps with you and over you. There, there's scripture about how he collects our tears in a bottle. Like there's, they're hidden, but they're in scripture. They're, the value of your, of your tears to him and how he comes close when you go through that. Um, I've got time, so I had a little... Can you open up my bag? There's a, no, sorry, the leather one. There's a little Charles Spurgeon devotional there, Joe. It's just sitting in there. It's brown and small. Yeah, thank you. This is also Charles Spurgeon. I read this a couple of days ago in my prayer time. I'll just read what he says because I've finished. <laughs> For thou will not leave my soul in hell, is the scripture out of Psalm 16. But it's not like um, the context is not, not the final thing when you die. The context is in life when you feel like you're in hell, is, is the context. And it's just some of the things he says. Our soul shall not be left in the separate state. That's the general meaning. 
We may descend in spirit very low till we seem to be plunged in the abyss of hell, but we shall not be left there. We cannot remain there. We may go very low, but no lower than the Lord permits. We may stay in the lowest dungeon of doubt for a while, but we shall not perish there. Uh, just before I finish, um, you know how we said sometimes you learn how valuable his presence is while he's away? Sometimes those, those low experiences... It leaves you with a, with a soberness of, I'm not going back there. So you stick closely to God for the rest of your life. It, it, it does that. The star of hope is still in the sky when the night is blackest. Rest in hope. Deal with the one whose mercy endures forever. Surely out of death and darkness and despair, we shall yet rise to life, light and liberty. I'll just read what St. Augustine said. It should mean a bit more to you now. Oh God... You made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until we find our peace in you. There's a light that comes and penetrates deeper into your soul. It's like Jesus turns up the brightness and then any darkness that remains in you, he, it, it penetrates it when he wants us to deal with it. Um, interestingly, those two girls... You know, who both had their moments, even though they were Jesus' friends, he came to take them deeper and he did this whole Lazarus thing a bit back to front, didn't prevent the death, let it happen, delayed coming. Then he shows up because the way he did it released them from some stuff and made life a whole lot easier. Um, they, they grow and take incredible new ground, but the thing is, they actually overcome Lazarus' death before he's raised. They actually make the ground with Jesus before he's just about to go to the tomb, but they're kind of okay. And then he goes to the tomb and raises him from the dead. Now, that, <laughs> that's almost like the title gap we talked about. That gap is a hard one for him. And sometimes we're able to do this amazing faith thing and have a peace in spite of the circumstance. Other times we just want that circumstance to change so we can have our peace back. But the deeper and better way is if we can hang on to faith and hope and get, even if it's some peace, before he changes the circumstance. There's just something in that, in this story. It's like um, roll away the stone. Jesus, the, the angel rolled away the stone. Sometimes we've got to, roll away our own stone and and I find when I sometimes get hassled with myself and a bit fed up if I'm failing in a particular area and I get really annoyed with myself sometimes you've got to do that thing you can start to hate yourself so much that you almost have got to do I just just roll away the stone that that barrier in me or that unbelief is bigger than what I thought look what it's leading to I roll away the stone in Jesus' name and I'm just going to step into a new life. And you do that thing where you walk in the spirit and it leaves behind the lust of the flesh or the things in the flesh that are controlling you. You just get fed up and that's not the place to commit suicide. It's the place to roll away the stone and take this step forward. And they're the moments for me where I don't let my left hand know what my right's doing. I just do the follow the spirit till you're out of this and you feel really safe and secure again and come to the place where you've got something now to give others again. It's, it's, there. it's a scary place, but there's something you can do. And we see that 
in this journey. So Jesus, we thank you for our people at home. We thank you for our people in church today. You are amazing and um, our patience isn't that good, God, but we thank you that we will all experience amazing deliverance from the stuff we go through in Jesus' name. And we just declare we trust you. (laughs) Or really we declare we want to trust you sometimes before the answer comes in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.